That is nasty. Well, hey, guys, we're uh, going to kind of jump right into it tonight. I have a special treat from you. We got another person making their debut appearance to you guys tonight. This is her very first time. I believe it's the first time all year we've had a female come give you her perspective. And many of you probably know her really well. She's real quick to kind of come along your side, have a quick conversation. Great woman of God, awesome mother, one of my best volunteers. I need you guys to give your undivided attention and a big element round of applause to Julie Demick. Give it up. Give it up. Right. Can you guys all just bow your heads and just close your eyes with me for a minute? <clears throat> Dear Jesus, Lord, I just thank you so much for this night, Lord. And I ask, Father, that you would just send your Holy Spirit upon me, Father, that I would only speak the words that you want me to speak. God, I just pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit upon everyone here. God, that you would soften hearts, that you would begin the work that you want to do in each and every person here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, well, I want to talk to you guys tonight about my favorite Bible story. And I would venture to guess if I was to ask you guys, even those of you here who have never stepped foot in a church, you've never opened up your Bible, you've never, you, you are not a Christian, and I bet you every single person here could say that you would know certain Bible stories. Like, for example... A lot of you would know how God created Adam and Eve. A lot of people know that. Adam and Eve, first man and woman. You know that. A lot of people would know another story. You would know Noah's Ark. You probably know it because you see little babies' nurseries that have wallpapers with Noah's Ark. Or little toys with Noah's Ark and little animals going two by two in the ark. Another Bible story you guys would be very familiar with since our last most recent holiday would be Easter. You know that, how Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. But I bet you anything, I bet you about 75% of you guys here tonight would not know the story that I'm going to share with you. The story I'm going to share with you th tonight is my favorite Bible story of all. And I have been a Christian for probably over 20 years, and I have read the Bible through many, many times. And let me tell you, every single time I hear this story, my heart just melts. And my love for Jesus grows so much stronger when I hear this story. And this story is called The Woman at the Well. And let me tell you about this story. It, it starts with Jesus. Now, Jesus was out one day, and he was doing the things that Jesus did. He, talked, he taught his disciples. He healed the sick. He baptized. He did all those things. Well, it was in the middle of the day, and Jesus was tired. He was hot. He was tired. He was thirsty. So he decided to take a rest by a well. And this lady came up by the well, and she was called a Samaritan woman. And she had her bucket with her, her pail, to get water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. And you may think tonight, wow, Miss Julie, sounds like a really exciting story, really interesting. Let me tell you, it is very, very interesting. And let me tell you a couple of reasons why. This lady was called a Samaritan woman, and she was from, uh, it was a group of people back then that peop the Jewish people 
hated. They despised the Samaritans. And Jesus was a Jew. So it was pretty awesome that Jesus was talking to this lady. And these, not only did they, they couldn't stand this group of Samaritan people. They wouldn't talk to them. They wouldn't associate with them. They would not do anything with them. They despised them. So Jesus is so awesome because, see, Jesus doesn't look at groups. Did you know that? Jesus doesn't look at what group you're in. He, and I wonder tonight, I, I, let me go back. I, re, I can really relate to this story because, see, I don't remember a lot about school. I really wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, uh, so to speak. I wasn't very smart, and I don't remember learning a lot about school. But I want to tell you the one thing that I remember so clearly. I remember being in history class in sixth grade, and I remember my teacher started talking about slavery. And I remember I had never heard before what he told me. I remember he told me that there were people, white people, who looked down on black people because of the color of their skin. And they didn't only look down on those people, but they mistreated them. They killed them. They tortured them. They ripped them away from their families. And I remember, literally, I can remember my mouth going like this and just hanging there because I couldn't believe that anybody would look down on another person because of the color of their skin or think somebody like me who has white skin is any better than a person who has black skin. So I was pretty shocked by that. So that's one of the reasons, you guys, I like this story so much. Because, see, Jesus never looked down on people because of what group they're in, what race they are, what culture they are. None of that. And I wonder tonight what group that you guys are in and if you ever experienced rejection like that Samaritan woman did. I wonder if people look at you because of the group that you're in or maybe the color of skin that you have or maybe the culture that you have or maybe people look down on you because you're in a lower socioeconomic group. You see your friends getting all the new iPods and MP3-4s or whatever it is, MP4s and <laughs> I know, I don't know all that stuff, but you see your friends getting that stuff and you think to yourself, you know what? I can't have that stuff. My family's just getting food on the table. And people look down on you because of that. But see, you know what, you guys? Jesus never looked down on people for any reason. And I like that about him. I like that a lot. Let me tell you something else about this um, story that's so cool. And this lady that came to get her water. This lady not only was a Samaritan, but she had a reputation. You want to hear what her reputation was? Okay, this lady, she had been with many men. She had slept around with many men. And back then, let me tell you, you did not do that. Back then, a lady, she would meet her husband. They would get married. Then they, they would have sex and have children. But they, she would never sleep with a lot of people like she did. So you know what happened to that lady? When people saw that lady went by, walk by, guess what would happen? They'd turn their heads. Or they'd start talking about that lady. That lady was made fun of. That lady was gossiped about. She was talked about. Nobody wanted to hang with this lady. Yet Jesus was 
not only talking to her, asking to drink from her, um, her um, bucket, but he was, he was being her friend, okay? So I really like that about Jesus because I remember being, um, I can relate to this lady with a reputation, and I may not have had her same reputation. By the grace of God, I was a virgin when I got married, and only by the grace of God. But let me tell you something. I know what it's like to feel rejected. Because let me tell you about my seventh grade, uh, seventh grade year. It was terrible, you guys. I would come home nearly every single day and cry to my mom. It was the most miserable year because, you see, I wanted to fit in so bad. And I kept trying to fit in with these kids, these girls. And they'd be nice to me one, time, one day, they'd be like my best friend, and then next day they'd stab me in the back. And I bet you if I asked you, which I'm not, if you girls especially can relate to that, you would all raise your hand, or at least the majority of you. Okay, let me tell you what else about that year in seventh grade for me. Not only that, I kept trying to be friends with these girls. I wasn't very pretty. I wasn't very thin. I wasn't very smart. And I sure was awkward and embarrassed quite a bit. I never felt like I felt I fit in. And then, so I had the problem with the girls, and I had a lot of rejection there. I also had a lot of problem with these boys. Now, there's these boys in seventh grade, and they came up with a nickname for me. I guess they thought that it rhymed with Julie. I don't think it rhymes that well, but they said it anyway. This is what they said when I would walk by. Here comes Julie. Pooey, she smells. Let me tell you, I know it's kind of funny now, and I can laugh at it now, but I want you to think about how I felt back then. I did not smell. I took a shower every day. But they would always call me Pooey, Julie Pooey. And it was terrible. I was, I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. And I knew what it felt like to be rejected. And I guess that's why I like this story so much. Because I can relate to that lady. I know what it's like to feel rejected. And I wonder if tonight I was to ask you guys if you know what it's like to feel rejected. I wonder how many people would raise their hand and say, yes, I do. I've been rejected at school. And you may even be like that girl. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you may have a reputation. And people talk about you. And right now, you know what that lady had went through because you get talked about, and you may have even deserved it at first. You may have done something bad or whatever. Or maybe people make fun of you. Maybe you don't fit in anywhere. Maybe you can say, you know what, Miss Julie? I know the sting of rejection very well because my parents have rejected me. My parents walked out on me. I know what it's like to be rejected. I can relate to that woman. I bet you almost everybody, if not everyone, could relate to her. Okay, so what's a very interesting thing about this lady, she dealt with her rejection in a certain way. And this is how she dealt with it. Number one, she slept around. Number two, she came to the well at a time when nobody else was there. Let me tell you what it was like back then. They didn't have running water. Okay, so you had to go to the well to get your water for everything. So all the women would come to the well, and they'd come either in the morning or they'd come at night because that when it was, it was cool.
that. It wasn't so hot. And they would go there because it was like a social hour, you guys. All the women would come and they would talk and they would meet with each other, exchange gossip and laugh. But guess what this lady, she came not in the morning, not in the night. She came in the middle of the day. You know why she did that? Because she didn't want the stares. And she didn't want people avoiding her. She didn't want the gossip. She didn't want people pointing fingers at her. She was a loner, and that's how she dealt with her rejection. And I wonder if I was to ask you tonight, how do you feel with your rejection? What do you do when you're feeling rejected, when you hate yourself, when you're upset? Do you cut yourself? Do you sleep around? Do you cry yourself to sleep? Are you hurting others? I bet you a lot of you would raise your hand and say, yes, I do those things. I know what it's like to be rejected. Let me get back to this story. Another interesting thing about this story, this is what Jesus did. She's got her bucket. She's getting water. He asked her for a drink of water. And then he says, you know what? I have something. You have water you drink. But you'll always be thirsty when you take your water. But I have living water. That's what Jesus said. And I started thinking about what he said, water. And I started to think about how, I want you to picture right now when it's a super hot day. Or you're running track or playing basketball or you just had a pizza and two hours later, what is the one drink that you guys desire or crave more than anything else? Water. You don't want a monster drink then. You don't. When you're that thirsty and hot, you don't want a glass of milk. You don't want a glass of pop. You only want water because that's what God made your bodies to want. And you learn that in health class. What is it? You got to have six to eight glasses of water a day, right? That's what your body needs. And it's kind of like our relationship with Jesus. Are you listening? Our, God made us to desire him and, search, and desire to have our thirst for love and acceptance satisfied by only Jesus. But we don't always do that, you guys. Sometimes we look for that, try to get that desire and that thirst for love acceptance in the wrong way. When I was grade, in grade school, I thirsted for love and acceptance. I wanted people to accept me and love me. I wanted my friends to. When I got in high school, I still wanted my friends. I sought them for love and acceptance. Then I sought boyfriends. Then when I got in college, I sought boyfriends again. And let me tell you, they never satisfied. And I had a very interesting thing happen. It was really one of the worst things that happened that turned in one of the best things that happened to me. There was one time I was dating a guy, and we had dated for quite a while. I was in college. And I really liked this guy, and he broke up with me, and it devastated me. I was so sad, and I was just really depressed. And a little while after we had broken up, he called me, and he, be he became a Christian. And he started talking to me about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he started saying to me, you know, do you know where you're going to go? You should die. And I thought to myself, I told him, I said, yeah, 
I know where I'm, I'm a nice person. I really was a moral person. I was a good person. I, and I love God. I went to church occasionally, and I thought for sure I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah. But, and he kept questioning me, are you sure you don't really have a relationship with Jesus? And he kept talking and talking about it. Well, one day, I was very, very depressed. I was tired. I was depressed over him, and I was just depressed over life. And one day, I remember as clear as day, being at the bottom of my parents' stairs. And I remember looking up and just saying, Jesus, please come into my life. I give my life to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. And let me tell you what happened that day. I experienced the love and acceptance from God just wash over me like I have never felt before in my life. I promise you, I literally felt like chains fell off my body. It was the most amazing day in my life. And I left those stairs. I went right over and I got the phone book out. I started calling churches right away, trying to find a good church that you know, taught the Bible. I got in my car, I drove myself, and I started going to church all by myself. And I joined a, a group at a college called Campus Crusade for Christ. I started reading the Bible, I started praying, I started doing Bible studies, and I fell in love with Jesus. And I've been in love with Jesus ever since. And he has changed my life so much. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. My life isn't perfect, and I still have hard times that come, but Jesus holds my hand through every single one of them. And I go right through those hard times, and he brings me right out. And it's been the most amazing, amazing time with him. So I want to talk to you about one more part of the story, and then we're going to close it up. This lady did a really interesting thing. Okay, she ended up giving her life to Jesus. She ended up that day tasting of the real water that she, that she would never thirst again. Jesus, just like Jesus said, she tasted of him. She gave her life to Jesus, and she did something so interesting. This lady who came to the well in the middle of the day to avoid people who was talked about, rejected, made fun of, left her jug and ran off to the city and told everybody about what Jesus had done in her life. She was totally changed that day because of Jesus. And I find that really amazing, just that how she was so avoided people, but she wanted to tell everyone the greatest thing that ever happened to her. Before we pray, I want to talk to two groups of people here tonight. And the first group of people I'm going to talk to is those of you sitting here who have never given your life to Jesus. You have never tasted of Jesus' living water. You, you thirst for things. You could relate to this message, I'm telling you. But you've never asked him to come into your life. I want to encourage you to do that tonight. And the second group of people I want to talk to is those of you who have given your life to Jesus. You may have prayed with me, Pastor Matt, the leaders here, you may have even been upstairs. You may have taken a nail and a hammer and nail and hammered that nail in that cross saying, yes, I give my life to Jesus. But you know what you did that night or the day after? You went home and you started getting doing the same old thing again. You started trying to satisfy that thirst for love and acceptance, not through Jesus, 
but the same ways you used to, partying, drugs, sex, alcohol, all those things, you didn't pursue Jesus. So I want you guys, those group of people who have not really been following Jesus, I want you to really pray about making a decision to rededicate your life tonight. It's very important. And it's not just important, it's the best, best decision you'll ever make in your life. So can you bow your heads and pray with me one more time? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this night. Father, I pray, God, that you would just give courage to people. Lord, help those groups of people I talked about, the people that need you, Lord, into their lives, that want to accept you into their lives, that they would be bold and courageous to go back uh, outside those hallways and give their life to Jesus. And I pray for the other group, Lord, who have uh, not pursued you, have given their lives to you, but they really aren't living for you. I pray, God, that you would move on their hearts, that they would rededicate their lives to you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much.